0: Hey, I'm Daddy, and this is Daddy as Fuck, a throw-it-all-at-me discussion about poly, kink, DDLG, and BDSM, with an emphasis on power exchange through the eyes of a soft DDLG dynamic. You'll hear stories, opinions, and perspectives as we journey through an alternative way of life, what has worked, what hasn't, and thoughts about how to manage choices on a path less taken. So thanks for joining us today, and let's get going down the bunny hole. Hey, it's Daddy, and welcome to Daddy as Fuck Season Two, Episode Seven: Navigating Fet Life. Recently, I had a listener write in, uh, Nikki, and Nikki wrote, "Your podcast was one of the first things I found when I began searching for how to explore this side of myself safely." It has provided a lot for me to think about and has also helped my best friend navigate some of the relationship hurdles in a healthy, her relationship hurdles in a healthy way. You're providing a wonderful service and I hope you please keep doing so. Thank you, Nikki. Your comment about FetLife also encouraged me to join, though I'm quite shy and a bit paranoid, rightfully so I'll add. (laughs) What I would like to hear more about from you is how to safely navigate through sites like FetLife or how to find a local scene. You briefly mentioned something along the lines of, it's easy to know who is real if you know what to look for, and I would like to hear an expansion of that. Well, Nikki, today you're in for a treat because I have Baby Girl here with me. Hi, Nikki. And we're going to talk about navigating fet life from our perspective. And I think you're you're in good hands because when I came back on the kink scene in 2019, I had been away for a little bit and I had to kind of start over because at that point I was single and I had to approach it from the perspective of, oh, I'm a predator out here, or at least that's how I felt like I was going to be seen. So I had to think about all of the things, uh, what it would be like to help to, uh, to meet people and help them feel like they were safe. And that made me very aware of how other people do quite the opposite. And uh, it's, it's kind of weird. It's one of those situations where you have to learn how to be a predator to not be one. So I paid a lot of attention to red flags and you know the things that people were doing wrong, to make sure that I was creating um, a safe and inviting environment to have conversations with people. So I'm going to share a bit from my perspective, and Baby Girl's going to share a lot from her perspective, um, being a girl out there in the scene and trying to keep herself safe while she's exploring. Uh, But before we do that, I have a little nugget for everybody from Season 2, Episode 4, when I addressed being a daddy. A um, baby girl is here with me today because she listens to every single one of uh, my episodes and we deconstruct them frequently and talk about uh, opportunities to learn more about ourselves and dive a little bit deeper into the topics that, that I touch on, which all come pretty much from our experience together. And one of the episodes I talked about guidance and discipline from a daddy's perspective. It was, it was part two of being a daddy. And how sometimes little girls know what's best for them, but they do something else. And a big example I used in that was water. Are you drinking your water today? Or are you drinking enough water today? Or no, Daddy, I just don't have enough time to drink my water today. Well, I'm gonna come over there and just put that jar to your lips and make you drink water one of the things I was touching on was that sometimes little girls know what's best for themselves, but they do something else. Sometimes it's for attention, right? Sometimes they want to get daddy's attention, so they'll misbehave. Sometimes it's for the punishment, and I had said maybe sometimes they do it for the punishment because they they feel guilty about it, and it alleviates that guilt by doing something wrong, and now I deserve the punishment because maybe they feel guilty asking for that that pain equaling pleasure type of experience. Or maybe she's just overwhelmed and she's doing all she can to stay focused and do what comes naturally, which is please others. So Baby Girl, uh, that touched um, a sensitive spot in Baby Girl in a good way. And she wanted to take the topic a little bit deeper. So what did you find, sweetie?
1: Well, I just wanted to mention another possibility. Um, So because the episode Daddy talked about, you know, little girls, sometimes they don't always do the things that are good for them that they know they need to do. And and you did, you talked a lot about kind of a brattiness being behind that, right? Like wanting attention or wanting punishment. And um, I do not identify as a brat. Uh, Sometimes I can be a little bit whiny because I'm an only child, but um, Mm but. For me, uh, when I don't do the things that I know I need to do, like drinking enough water during the workday, um, I, I just wanted to bring up to daddy and in case it resonates with other baby girls out there um, or other daddies who are trying to take care of their baby girls, for me, it's, um, it's more of a self-worth issue uh, for me. It's like I I get really busy in my day and I'm working really hard and I'm trying to you know do the best I can at work or taking care of my family or whatever the thing is that's in front of me and the reason I don't take care of myself is because I don't I don't feel like I deserve that right like I I feel like I need to take care of everyone else first uh, it it seems like everyone else in my life whether that's my family or my job is more important and than I am and so
0: well there's an intersection there because now I would look at it that, that from the perspective of you like to please others so much more than you like to please yourself but you've taken that a little bit deeper into that you don't deserve to be pleased
1: yeah and I think that's um sometimes the headspace that I get into it's um. like i you know i'm working really hard and like i know i need to get up and get another glass of water or i know i need to you know get up and and stretch because you know my lower back is barking or something you know my muscles are are upset i like i know i need to do those Mm -hmm. things but i'm just like i push it to the side it's like no no no, like that's not i why would i take the time to do that i think i Mm. you know i need to stay focused i need to get this done i need to you know Um, And so it just it just kind of you put your own needs to the side because maybe you feel like they're not worth what they're not worth prioritizing. Prioritizing. They're not worth putting first. So so I just wanted to to throw that out there as another possible reason that a baby girl might not be doing the things that she knows she should do to take care of herself. Um, So I'll just maybe toss that over to Daddy. I don't know if you want to mention how daddies might approach that if they find that in their baby girl.
0: Yeah, um, it's definitely been a part of our dynamic, um, you know, I I take great pleasure in taking care of you, and you take great pleasure in being taken care of by me, and, you know, we've discovered that, you know, sure, she, she has a desire to please, so, you know, that's that's wonderful she wants to do her best and make sure that she's giving daddy everything that that he needs and always here for me but there is this element where i'm I'm also taking care of her so that's where we kind of discovered that well what is this such such a strong desire you have for to be taken care of well it comes you know you'd identify as a little girl so you you want your big strong daddy to take care of you and look out for you and may help you to feel safe and 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 cared for but There, we quickly discovered, as you were saying, that there's this underlying function of like, I don't deserve to be cared for. I'm like, well, you know that you're just hunched over your desk all day. You know that you need to get up and stretch, but you won't do that for yourself. So one of the ways that I've learned is to think about, and this is also from part of um, season two, episode four, is you think about you're, think about your girl and you learn your partners, you, you learn them basically and you get in their head and you know how they're going to be like I can actually picture you at your desk just working away going from one email to the next, to the next, to the next and shuffling around because your back hurts or you know maybe you got a little bit of a headache because you haven't had any lunch yet You know, and and is that an accurate picture, would you say, (laughs) how you go through your day? Guilty. (laughs) (laughs) And I picture her over there because why I've taken the time to ask questions. You know, I get curious when she's over there working. I'm like, well, did you eat? No, not yet. Well, did you get up and stretch? No, not yet. (laughs) Have you tried a standing desk? Well, no, I don't have room for that. I, you know, I I don't want to stand, but standing makes my back hurt too, and all the excuses come out. You know, it's like well, one of the things that daddy can do is take the time to understand, you know, his little girl and and her needs and how she is and her attitudes and her behaviors and her approach to her choices every day, and then through that you can find ways to reach her when she's lost in her little labyrinth and in need of self care. And one of the ways that I've learn to do that with you is to just touch touch points through the day. You know, hey, it's uh, hot today and I know you went for a walk this morning and I know you've had two meetings in a row and it's 12 o'clock. Have you had enough to drink yet? (laughs) (laughs) And frequently I'll get back a report, you know, like working on, you know, 32 ounces done, you know, 48 ounces done. And
1: Well, and it's funny because just having you tell me that I need to do that helps with the, the self-worth barrier that I have because when you tell me to do it, it's not like I'm choosing to prioritize myself. I'm doing what you tell me. Right. So that takes, it kind of helps get that barrier out of the way.
0: Yes, because we have this function of I take care of her and she needs to be taken care of by me. So when I know that there's a, a weak point, Um, In her own self-care I can step in and say hey, would you do this for me today? You know Mm -hmm. ice your back You know (laughs) um, You need to take Motrin tonight, you know do it (laughs) I know it's what your body needs based on based on what based on the questions that I'm asking To understand what condition she's in and how much she's done to take care of herself Having a little girl is very much like having a little girl (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know, my challenge is I'm not with you every day, so I have to ask a lot of questions. And, I mean, let's be honest, how, how many daddies are with their little girls every minute of every day? So we all have to be curious, and we all have to ask questions. Um, so I actually kind of want to come back to you and say, you know, um, what, what could I do better to help you find ways to making taking care of yourself a habit? Is just having me here nudging you, changing anything about your view of self-worth?
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think I don't know if it's changing my view of self-worth, but it is definitely moving that barrier to the side. Like, I don't know if we're actually destroying the barrier, but at least we're pushing it to the side because just having you there. To check in and say, hey, you know, remember what we talked about, like, oh, you're getting your COVID vaccine today. So, like, you need to drink a lot of water. Like, I want to see you get between, you know, this many ounces and this many ounces by 11 a.m. Where are you with that? You know, just like being on top of it, um, it's so much easier than for me to do it and prioritize it because I'm doing it for you, not for me.
0: And and, and and the same, you know, I'm doing it for you and, and not for me. So that's how we work so well together. And you can work well together in your dynamic because you're thinking of your partner, you're thinking of the other person, and that just enhances and fortifies your DS cycle. You know, whatever power exchange cycle you have, it keeps that dynamic going, adds momentum to that dynamic mm-hmm. going um, round and round. And, you know, it's funny that you say it nudges that barrier to the side, right? Because daddy is always here and you know he's here and you don't you don't want to say oh I ran myself into the ground today because I know you know better and you've got you've got me in your head because you know I'm going to ask and you know I'm going to expect you to take care of yourself for me you know so there is that element we can bring into our dynamics and uh, see how we interact and understand each other better and then just use those as leverage and and you know, I think it's great because it, it keeps you thinking of yourself because you're thinking of me. You're also thinking of yourself. Yeah. So bonus. I bonus. Get, I get to think of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's my good girl. Okay, so um we just wanted to touch back on that topic, uh, that Baby Girl noticed and thought and I thought it was a very we both thought it was a very important kernel to put out there. Um So that you can take a look at your dynamic and and see it maybe from another perspective that I offered in that episode in episode four. So now we're going to get on to navigating FetLife. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. What is FetLife? Well, FetLife is a website. FetLife.com. Check it out. Google away. Um, Fedlife is like a kinky Facebook, and I'm, people may take exception to that um, to that comparison. But it's it's like a kinky Facebook or MySpace or something like that. It's a profile page with your picture on it, if you want it, or a bunch of pictures or videos, and there's like a profile with kink-related identifiers as far as gender, sexual identity, and, and power exchange roles. Um, you know, you you can put where you live and then you can write a whole description about yourself. You can post writings, you can join groups, but FetLife notoriously is, um, kind of difficult to navigate. It's kind of cumbersome as far as the interface between the, your profile interface is very easy. It's very easy to set up a profile on FetLife and say, Hey, that looks great. I love it. Just how it is. But getting your profile, getting out into the community through FetLife, that's a lot less intuitive, I find. Once I have my pro- had my profile, I was like, okay, great. Now, what the fuck do I do with it? Where do I go? All I can do is like search for other groups, search for other users, and look at kinky and popular pictures. But What's that gonna do for getting me into the scene and meeting people? It's very difficult to use in that regard, at least I found in the beginning. So why use FetLife? Well, I started using FetLife um, in my my prior, my relationship prior to you with my uh, baby girl, with my, with my submissive that I had, my, my ex-girlfriend. We started to use FetLife to uh, find rope groups. And how we did that was we created profiles um, and we started to search events that are local to us, and we found each event that we wanted to go to. The description looked good. It, it Usually they'll give you a point of contact and some insight as to how to go to the event. Do you need to get vetted, which means you need to meet someone in person so they can make sure you're not an axe murderer or take a relative you know, guess and, and evaluate you. And vet you to see if you might be an axe murderer before they invite you to join the rest of the ropey people to have ropey fun. <laughs> um, you may need to meet them in person before you get to go to the event. And a lot of the events, they don't even tell you where the addresses are. You have to like know somebody and get a, a private message on FetLife for the, before they tell you where to go for the event. And once you go to your first event in that group, you're going to know where the venue is and then you can keep interacting with that group on a regular basis. And now that you're part of the group, you're in the know and you'll get a lot more information about where and when things are and who the people are that you can talk to. So why I started using FetLife was to basically get in the scene. So Nikki, our listener who wrote in, um, you're gonna be in good hands as far as getting into the scene because that's exactly what we used FetLife for. Um, I, I used it mostly at the beginning to uh, find places to go to do kinky stuff and learn about kinky things and BDSM and find community, basically, right? Um, and then the second time I came around to using FetLife in 2019, I, I, I used it to meet people because I was looking for play partners. Um, baby girl, why did, why did you use FetLife?
1: Well, um, so my, my first introduction to Fet Life was through the very first Dom, uh, that I had. Um, and I met, uh, I met said Dom, actually, um, my husband and I were swinging. And so there's, you know, some intersections sometimes between, mm-hmm. um, the swingers and the kinksters and, um, so wow, that was such an eye opener to me. I mean, I, I always knew that I liked, you know, having my hair pulled and having, being choked and being spanked and, and kind of rough sex, but I didn't really, at that point in my journey, I didn't know where that was coming from. Um, and so when, you know, someone who was also a Dom met me and said, hey, I think you could, I think you might be a submissive. And like, let me show you what exists over here and introduced me to FetLife, I was like, whoa, I didn't even know all this stuff that I was feeling had words. So I think for me at the beginning and Nikki, maybe it's the same, you know, for, for you, if you're early in your journey, I I found fat life just fascinating because I was like, there's all these people out here who have the same interests as me and have all these other interests. And like, I just, I didn't even know that that community existed, and it's really nice to not feel alone with um, with things. So I, I think the community is awesome. Um, at the beginning, my first dom set up my profile for me uh, and, and totally managed it, you know, chose all the photos, chose all the, all the things, um, and I had very little, I guess, I, I didn't have a whole lot of interest in it myself. I, I liked to browse around and, and explore, but I... I wasn't like looking to meet guys because I already had a dom, so um, I didn't start using it for that purpose until much farther along in my um, in my journey. But I think, yeah, it's a it's a great way, you know, initially just to just to learn what's out there and to to learn what what all the options are because boy there's a lot of options available
0: there are and you know i i did i also met people in um you know with with my ex-wife when i was swinging that um said oh i like rough sex i like to be spanked and on the swinger sites you would see that you know the hints of the kink coming out once you know the kink side of things you could see it on the swinger side and and actually started to see the um signs the green flags Uh, On the swinger profiles and people who really just didn't even and I've met people who totally are like into impact play and had their favorite leather belt that and you know she would brag about her bruises and they 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 were like what's fet life, you know, so there is a collision of communities that that's out there and sometimes it's visible sometimes it's subtle Um, so. That's what brought us to FetLife, and the role it played in, in how we met was, well, we were experienced users at that point, and um, we became familiar through, with each other through a, um, a contact that we had um, in common. But um, how we met in person was actually through a FetLife, an event that was listed on FetLife, a munch. You know so fet life did play it played an interesting two two pronged role in how we met because we had messaged beforehand, but we met blind at the event because neither of us realized that we were meeting the person that we had messaged <laughs> and you you've if If you listened to all of my episodes you 've heard that ad nauseum about how baby girl and I had met <laughs> quite um, coincidentally by surprise, yet we were also familiar contacts. So which brings me to the next topic of of using FetLife is you've got your profile, you know that there's community out there, you, you might have an idea of why you're using it, you wanna find events, you wanna find community, you wanna find your people. And maybe you wanna find a partner, or your partner, or your Dom, who knows? So one of the things that happens on FetLife is contact. right? So there's ways to contact people and there is a certain escalation of contact that I've seen happen on FetLife. You know, there are options for, for reaching out to people on FetLife. The first one is pretty easy. You can just perv them from a distance. And what's, what's perving mean? You know, pretty much just like looking at their pictures and going, ooh, ah, ooh, that's nice. So you can watch someone from a distance Um, There's a button on FetLife that you can follow people. So if you see someone's pictures, and there's a lot of folks on there who use FetLife to to gather uh, followers because maybe they're promoting another commercial website where they sell content. Um, But you can follow regular people too. Like you you and I, uh, we posted a lot of stories, right? Mm -hmm. And um, earlier in our journey when we both had a lot of time to write, and we gained some followers, not for the purpose of gaining followers, but we noticed that we had people start to follow us because they liked the content yeah. that we were putting on our pages. Um, you could do the same thing on YouTube. Hey, like and follow my video. You know, it's the same thing. Same on Facebook. Friend, If you friend someone, you're essentially following them. So that's how it works on FetLife. Um, and as a user, you know who's following you. You can see who's following you. And you can also see who you're following because they show up in your feed. But the next, so the next step from that would be now um, someone puts up a photo and you make a comment on it. Okay, that's kind of that's going to be like liking someone's photo on Facebook or commenting on someone's photo on Facebook. Now you have entered their personal bubble, and I find that a lot of people comment on photos on FetLife, and it's almost expected that you're going to get gawkers. You know, what what was your experience when you put up? Because you put up a lot of stellar photos as as a woman. And uh, you know, sex sex aside, I'm just going to be heteronormative here. All the hot, sexy girl, all, all this, There's a lot of sexy girls on 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 FetLife. Every single one of them is just like, wow, really good at their photos. But when the sexy girls put photos up on FetLife, they're going to get people coming out of the woodwork. What did you get?
1: Well, I was just laughing because I was going to say this escalation of of contact is a little that you're going through is a little different on the female side, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, again, like just based on heteronormative relationships, um, if you are a woman on FetLife, you get a lot of inbound interest. So I don't, I don't think perving I like from a that. distance was ever anything <laughs> that I experienced. Um, you just didn't
0: know about it. It was happening, you trust me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> People may have been perving on me from a distance, but right. I didn't perv on anyone else from a distance I don't think like I mean because people just reach out to you like you just you get a lot of yeah you get a lot of people who follow you you get a lot of people who comment on your photos you get a lot of friend requests you get a lot of messages I think when you're um a woman on fat life it's more more about kind of figuring out how to weed through that and how to find the ones that are worth responding to. And I think we're going to get into that a little bit later yeah. in this episode. So I'll, I'll let you. Keep well, what going. was
0: your experience of photo co- comments on your photos? It's because it was a lot different than Facebook, I'm sure. So when you put up a sexy photo of your ass, what kind of comments did you get?
1: You get all sorts of comments. I mean, you know, all, all, all kinds. People who are like, "Wow, that's a great photo. That's so beautiful." To people who are telling you exactly what they would like to do with there you in that photo. You <laughs> yep. know, very explicitly. Um, yeah. So just be ready. Be ready for that. But that's what I mean. That's that's kind of why you're here in FetLife. Like, if I, if I post a photo of myself completely nude with my legs. Spread open on a bed. I can't really complain when I get explicit comments on the photo. Like I, yeah. I'm not gonna get offended by that because that's kind of why we're all here, right?
0: Yes. Well, maybe, maybe not, not for some of the negative attention that I've seen happening, but, um, but definitely to. To experience the openness of sexuality. And yeah,
1: and and so and and I guess just I've I've I can't think of any times that I've really had negative comments. Like it, it doesn't seem like people do that. If they don't like your photo, they just go to the next photo. I, yeah. At least in my experience, I haven't experienced a lot of neg- negativity there. That that for me came more through the messages, which yeah. we get To.
0: And I've I've seen some com I've seen some conversations some drama gone back going back and forth about oh my god every time I post a photo this this person says X, this person says Y. It's like, oh God, why do you have to write? Well, you know, it comes with the my point is on photo comments is it comes with the territory on Fet Life. It's a sexually open community. There's a lot of there's a lot of kinks out there, and you know, Erotic photography is one of them. It gets people very excited and I I want to stop short of making excuses for people's behavior because I think we all need to be responsible in how we utilize this form of social media. But but for the most part, by and large, people are relatively respectful in in expressing their the urges that are imparted to them by having viewed your erotica.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I at least personally, from my experience, I didn't have any negative experiences in that in that sense.
0: Yes. Um, the other thing that you can get on on FetLife is uh, so people can watch you from a distance. They can follow you um, and you know that their your stuff's going to show up in their feed. They can comment on your photos and now start personal conversations with you about your photos, whether you choose to engage with them or not um they can make a friend request, friend request and and if they make a friend request then other people will see that they are your friends and this is kind of one of the things that we 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 tend to I, I tend to put a little emphasis on because you found me through a mutual friend okay yes. so when you ha- when you accept friends on fetlife a lot of people you're going to find are like I won't friend you unless I know you because you have to be conscious of who you're associating with um. Why? Well, because you need to know who you're associating with and other people are going to see that. And this is a community where we're very open and we engage in some high-risk activities and behavior. And there's a lot of trust that's involved in those exchanges. And if you happen to friend somebody who has had issues in the community in the past just because you wanted to have a friend, well you know, that could cause, so other people could look at that and see like, oh, well, either they're going to be nervous for you, <laughs> or they're going to judge you in the same vein of like, um, you know, being associated with, with that individual. So that could, that could go a lot of different ways. And I kind of I feel agree. like I'm talking in circles. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, no, I would agree. I would say um, when it comes to friend requests, this is just my personal, my personal experience has been um, that it, it worked well to keep that circle relatively narrow, you know, because as a woman, you will get a ton of friend requests from yeah. random strangers all the time. And I usually decline those. I just tend to accept the requests from people who I either know personally, i.e., I have met them in the flesh and maybe just at munches, right? That's one of the reasons that yeah. munches, which are kind of like um, vanilla social outings for kinky people. That those can be a great place to to meet people, um, you know, just in, in the flesh, in a friendly vanilla setting, talk to them a little bit, get to know them, and then maybe you want to accept their friend request. And, and the thing about friend requests is once you are friends with someone, then you see their friends and they see your friends, right? And so, like, I, I think that... Um, it can be a really nice way to be able to vet people. Like, I have certainly had experiences when I was dating through Fat Life where a guy might reach out to me and I might see that he is friends with someone that I am friends with. And there were certainly times when I would reach out to that girl and say, Hey, I see your friends with so-and-so. He just reached out to me. Yeah. What do you think of him? And she, you know, and sometimes they might be like, oh, I don't actually really know that person. But yeah. there were definitely times when she was like, oh, yeah. Like, another girl was like, oh, yeah, I have actually hooked up with that guy before. He's great. He's really trustworthy. You know, like, so, and that would make me feel a lot safer then about responding to his requests. So, yeah, I, I think friend, I totally agree. I think friend requests are something that, like, you know, it, it, at least for me, um, I think it can be different if you're, there's a lot of people on fat life who are um, selling stuff like they're selling, you know, they, they have other websites where maybe they sell their video content or, you know, they're in some kind of um, an erotic industry yeah. and which is, which is great. But like, and they tend to have like huge friend circles because they're doing, they're doing business. That's what they're there for. But if, if that's, not what you're there for, right? If you're just trying to find uh, a community that you feel safe in, I think it's, it's helpful to kind of be a, little, um, be a little more cautious with your friend, who you accept friend requests from.
0: Yeah, because you're, you're, building, you're building your social identity in the kink community through one friend at a time. And I think that's the approach that I took too. I wanted to meet people before I friended them so I know who my friend was because as I meet other people they're going to look and see who I'm friends with right so I want to know the people that I'm connecting myself to so that when I meet new people they can get a general idea of the kind of person I am by the people that I associate with and this sounds very like you know seventh grade but in a way it kind of is because we're we're building a network in a in a community where you know People engage in some very high-risk activities and, um, you know, different circles also run a little bit differently. You know, there's sub-communities in FetLife, you know, the leather community, um, you know, there's, the, there's a rope community, there's an, you know, impact community, blood play. There's all these different communities in FetLife in as well. Um, another way people can contact you is through messaging you directly and um, just pretty much it is what it sounds and it's everywhere you can message something you can pm someone on facebook you can dm someone on instagram messages are messages and you're going to get the same thing on FetLife, life probably a little bit more directly and explicitly than you will on instagram in the dms you know people are going to be asshats and then people are going to be genuine and then people are going to be asshats that are trying to sound genuine so, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
1: agree with that. The messages are kind of just what you would expect. There's some good and some bad.
0: Right. And honestly, it's just it's a way of when you connect with someone, it's a way of communicating with them. You could also get their cell phone number um, and communicate with them. You could also find them on Instagram and communicate with them. So it's just a way of communicating. But I'm going to quickly go through a spectrum of profile types, and this is an observation on my part because, generally speaking, a profile can say a lot. I guess it can also say a little. Sometimes you'll run into profiles, and um, you know, I'm kind of speaking to people like Nikki who are new and asking, like, "Geez, how how do I find my people on FetLife? How do I use this?" Well, you're going to run into profiles that are blank, you know, and you have to ask yourself. Is this person new, and they have they just set up a profile because they they found FetLife right, and they haven't had a chance to really understand it yet, so they haven't really filled it out, or is it blank because they're just here trying to connect with as many people as possible and want to remain anonymous and and don't want to be seen? Mm, that kind of raises a red flag for me. Um, if someone's pursuing you and their profile is blank, well, why why is their profile blank? You know. So that's a huge red flag. Um, it may be blank because, you know, they're on FetLife just for events and, and groups. Uh, maybe they just like the erotica or other content. Maybe they just wanted to, like, look at all these crazy pictures because it's their, it's their porn. It's their kink. Uh, and, and they don't have anything to say and they don't want to meet anybody. They just, they just like Pervin on it. Um, maybe, and as I intimated, you know, maybe they're trolling. You know, maybe they're here for not nice purposes, and maybe they don't have the best of intentions. But they're using this as a key to get in the door and have access to the online community. So beware, blank profile. Question blank profiles. Um, profiles that are barely there. Well, again, maybe they're just getting into it. Uh, maybe a friend convinced them to join and they have no idea what this is about, but it sounded interesting. And maybe they lost interest and they just have this profile that's kind of hanging out there. Maybe they don't know how to use FET quite yet. It can be, it, like I said, it's not really gr- horribly intuitive unless you're a social media ace. Um, maybe they're just making a minimum effort because they want to get the maximum return for their minimum investment vis-a-vis someone who is like trolling or cruising or imposter, you know, someone who's just, um, uh, I don't wanna say a swinger because that's a different context, but someone who's a pickup artist. Um, And they're just wanna make the minimum effort for the maximum amount of scores and bedpost notches. Um, And maybe they're on a sanity break. I've done this before. I had a very fleshed out profile and after my breakup with my ex submissive, I tore the whole thing down. Um, I even put it on break so it disappeared off that life for a while completely. But it took many different carnations. So at one point you would look at daddy's profile and daddy's profile would have raised red flags because I was rebuilding myself. I was reconstructing myself. You know, it was, it was an under construction moment. Um, th- then you'll find profiles that are open, honest, self-expressive, representing the whole person like yours, baby girl, <laughs> and like mine. And they're pretty genuine representation of as of a person's social circle interests, kink interests at least um interest community interests, and their personality. You know when I read your profile, I got a very good read of you, and some of the play partners I engaged with, I found profiles that I could get a very good read of the person. And then, when you get a good read of that from their profile, and you actually start communicating with them, if there's integrity between that communication and that profile, you know that's 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 a double check mark right there. That's like okay, this is. Then you can go back to their profile and really dive in, um, and then you'll get profiles that are closed off and menacing and defensive you know these are people that may just have a hard time dealing with social media and they're tired of the typical annoyances that come with it like the ignorant messages and the persistence and maybe this the wrong kind of attention maybe they've had bad experiences and want to discourage assholes which um frankly doesn't work they're still going to come at you
1: yeah and i would say um you know so when you're a woman on fat life you're going to get these friend requests and you're going to get messages. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the first thing I do is click on the profile yeah. and see who the person is. And so I would say in my experience, most of them have been in those kind of middle two categories that Daddy um, that Daddy mentioned. Either either they're open, honest, and expressive or they're barely there, which mm-hmm. is definitely, uh, I agree, uh, the barely there ones are a bit of a red flag. If someone's, you know, if someone's barely there because they're on a sanity break, then they're not going to be reaching out to you. So if they're reaching out to (laughs) you proactively and then you go check and they have this barely there profile, that's usually they're trolling. Um, That has been my experience. I tend to just then just delete those messages. Um, But then sometimes you'll get these great, great ones, open, honest, self-expressive profiles. So that's definitely what you want to, what you want to look for.
0: And there again, you can look at look for the friends that mm-hmm. they might have and see if you have That's the first thing I do when I when someone contacts me on FatLife is I look for our friends in common. And if I don't have any and they are cute, they're they're an attractive to me person, uh, my first thought goes to oh, they want me to look at their snap page, they want me to join their Instas, they want me to buy their stuff. You know, they want to sell me photos. They need followers, so they're, they're messaging me or following me. I get that a lot. As, as a heteronormative, cis male, cis straight male, uh, you know, put, as a dom, putting up my persona as a dom, when I, when I get a message from a cute girl, um, it, I, out of the blue, I'm like, yeah, I used to think, oh, cool. And, and now I think pretty much in lines with reality. It's like, okay, she wants me to follow her, and she knows that I'm likely to do it. Because, she wants you to, yeah. to join
1: her OnlyFans page and, yeah, exactly. and subscribe right. subscribe <laughs> yeah. which is
0: fine you know
1: totally fine but you you don't get that as much as a woman at least that's been my experience you don't want to
0: join my OnlyFans page I,
1: I don't have people reaching out to <laughs> me asking me to join their only All
0: right, I gotta set up Fans an OnlyFans page, page and send you an invitation <laughs> then <laughs> <laughs> So still in keeping with what you were saying and the types of messages that you'll get, you know, you're going to get all different types of messages, especially if you get them out of the blue. This is kind of the out of the blue category. You know, you're going to get the, the hey message.
1: Yeah. And, and I think if you're, um, so my experience has been, you know, being a, a woman on Fat Life, you get a lot of unsolicited messages. Yeah and probably 70 percent of them fall into the category of like minimal effort right Mm -hmm. like it's just they either say hey or they say you're hot or they say like your pics or they say hey we should fuck um things like that and 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 then there's like it's like one sentence um yeah and and like i honestly don't I would recommend that you not waste your time with them because, like, those are people who are sending that same message to so many people on a, uh, most of the time. And like, I don't know. My take has always been like, if you want me to take the time to respond, like, you should take the time to put some thought into your message. So I, mm-hmm. I, I just, I have found that those, um, those messages are just not worth your time. I just delete them.
0: When I was um, starting to use FetLife, life and I was single again. I had no idea. I mean, I knew how to connect with community, you know, and, and at the time I was just kind of waiting on events and groups to have events that, I, that that would manifest good, you know, manifest contacts that I wanted to pursue. And in the interim, I turned back to FetLife, life and I t- I started to experiment, you know. So as a as a straight male, who I, you know who identifies as dominant you know u- utilizing FetLife and exploring through FetLife before I met you I sent out messages I would look at FetLife and I would look at groups and I would look at friends of friends and I and I if I saw someone who I read their profile and I wanted to connect with I would send an un- if if the profile allowed for messages to be sent I would send a message to that person and did
1: you just say hey want to fuck never no (laughs) because i know that's not gonna work and that's
0: not what i wanted anyway but that's because it's not what i wanted and that you know that if someone was leading with that the first thing i would do is say thank you so much delete because i know what you want yeah i know what you want when you say hey you're hot like your pics want to fuck you're you're just you're looking for a response you're trolling for a response that's not what i wanted you know i I wanted a response but I, i didn't want to just fuck so um well maybe i did but you know I, I didn't want to just use the person and put another notch on my bedpost. So I would reach out to people and I would say if I sent 10 messages um, and I I never really did script messages like just change the name and paste. I never did that because I read every profile and I had would have I saw a different potential connection with each of the different people. But if I sent out 10 messages, I would probably get um, oh, I want to take a guess on how many replies I got out of 10. One, um, take one away. I was gonna say yeah, yeah.
1: like point five maybe. Yeah, I, I it's was...
0: about point five. Actually, no, it was I have to say that um, I did reach out to someone once at the beginning. It was, like, um, it was like, right as I was meeting and getting to know you, and we were still we still had play partners and things were still open up, sweetheart. Um, I had messaged somebody, and I, it was a really thought. Thoughtful message, and you know, I I recognized something in what they wrote, and I responded right to that from a very thoughtful place because it identified with it, you know, and it touched a place in me. And I so I wrote back with with a couple of questions, and it's interesting because I wrote back without any interest in like pursuing anything. I just wanted to know the answer. I was curious. I wanted to know the answer to the question. And we actually messaged for like a month, Mm -hmm. and you know, I made a connection through a message because it was genuine and thought felt, and I had absolutely no interest in receiving anything in return. I was just curious about like, hey, someone with your perspective on that particular topic that's in, of interest to me, I have this question for you. So, you know, sometimes you'll get those really thoughtful messages.
1: Yeah. And and I, I, you actually, I think, okay, so yes, sometimes you'll get good thoughtful inquiries. Um, but you also mentioned something uh, in passing that we should circle back to, which is like, you said you would never draft the same message and send it to 10 people and change the name. Yeah. So I know you would never do that. But I will say <laughs> there are definitely people who do that on there. And so I would say be cautious. Sometimes you'll get this really long message. It's like five paragraphs long. And you're like, oh, wow, this guy really put mm-hmm. a lot of thought into this. And if you read it carefully, it's all about him and not about you, right? Like it's all about he's like... I'm looking for a person like X and you know what I've really been trying to find is da 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 da, da. and the things that I like are this that and mm. the other and yeah. and then it, it it like somewhere in there it, it'll be like and it seems like you're the perfect fit but it doesn't say why you're the perfect fit it yeah. just it's kind of like all about them and then there's something that's very generic about you you seem you know great and you know and like like <laughs> it, so just be careful of those because i i think there are i i have definitely received multiple messages that are like that and it's clearly someone who is sending the same message to a lot of women and just changing the name so definitely look out for those they are out there and i one other thing i would say about the bad messages is and i think fat life is actually worse than than other sites for this is When you get a message that's just like, hey, want to fuck or one of these like they sent the same message to 10 people and you delete it, you will sometimes get a follow up message from the same person that's like, what the fuck? You couldn't even take five minutes to reply to me? Why didn't you respond to me like you're a bitch? Like you'll get these like really mean, hostile follow ups. Um, And like, I think that sometimes because of the power dynamics that are at play in the you know mm-hmm. bdsm world there are guys out there who think that that is acceptable and so like i would just say as a submissive don't fall for that bullshit because sometimes when someone rep- like you get a message like that it can trigger your submissive side right. and you're just like you're like oh oh no like i upset someone i don't like upsetting people i don't like conflict i like to please people i like to be good at like don't fall into that trap because those guys are just assholes and assholes are just assholes and like this is one of the things that i feel the most strongly about and i feel like had to learn in my submissive journey is that like you do not have to put up with asshole bullshit just because you're a submissive like you still deserve to be treated with respect and so um so if you get that from someone i would block them like that that's Mm. not someone that you want to be involved with.
0: It's funny, you know, because we are in a community where people can be things. You know, like you're my possession. I own you. Mm-hmm. And and we've defined that dynamic, but people that are ignorant about that might, you know, really hit you with that. Like I'm the Dom and you're my thing and you're my possession and are really ignorant about it. And you know, with a last ditch effort like that to try to crack your submissive, you know, shell, it's it's like I agree with baby girls. I'd be very very concerned uh and wary and not even reply to a message like that
1: yeah that's actually one of my biggest red flags and i think we're going to talk more about red flags later in this Mm -hmm. episode but guys who who pull their dom card on you before you have consented um that's a big red flag for me guys that are that are just like starting they're trying to tell you what you can and can't do what you can and can't wear they're asking things of you and you haven't even met them yet, right. um, much less given consent to be in that relationship, look out for that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that uh, later. But, um, but I guess just before we you know close out on messages, I will say that I have gotten a ton of personalized and thoughtful inquiries on FetLife and I always respond to them. Even if mm-hmm. it's, even now, um, and, and I, I am guilty of I don't check my FetLife profile, very often, but um, but when I do check it, if I have a really nice, thoughtful message from someone, um, I will reply to them and say, hey, Like, I'm uh, actually in an exclusive relationship right now, so I'm not looking, but thank you so much for reaching out. And like, have you thought about X, Y, and Z? Or have you ever tried this munch? Or like, I could vouch for, for this group is really great. And um, actually, and as a woman, you'll also get a lot of photographers reaching out to you. I get a lot of, um, hey, I love your photos. Would you want to do a photo shoot? I've never... I've never actually done any of those, but I think with those, it's the same, same rules as what we talked about, you know, like some of them are going to be like genuine, genuine people who, when you look at their pages, have like an amazing collection of their own photography and are truly are artists and appreciate your art and others are just trolling. So, you know, same Same probably as as every other group. You get the massage therapists. That's another group. I got a lot of offers for sensual massages. Um, Hey, you don't have to do anything with me. I just really want to massage you. Like, you you know, so just I think no matter what category the message falls into, um, just kind of keep those... Keep those guidelines, you know, in mind, go, you know, listen to the tone, try to make sure it's personalized to you, check out their profile, see what it looks like, and then you can make an educated decision on if and how you want to respond.
0: Yeah, I would raise a note of caution based on my personal experience over the last, whatever, 20 years or so, um, having known photographers that were not on the up and up and seen how they operate like that. If someone's messaging you and they want to do photography, they do have ulterior motives most likely. There's a high percentage chance of this ulterior motives, especially if somebody says, you don't have to do anything with me. Well, I, I no, who brought that up first? Who brought up touching me? you did. Okay, so if you're already bringing up touching me, it means that it's on your mind and you've now put the topic out there about me touching you. So there's a little psychology at play there. So if someone's messaging you and they want to do your photos and and, and they want to give you a massage, there's a high percentage chance and you know, you can call me wrong, you can, you can call me ignorant, you can you can call me biased, but this is from my experience, there's a high percentage chance that if they're coming at you out of the blue and they want to take pictures of you naked, or they want to give you a massage that they're they're out for something more and they're going to try to use their bag of tricks to get it. And uh, is that a bad thing? Is it an unsafe thing? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. You know, maybe they'll try and be a perfect gentleman. And if you say no, they'll say no. Uh, they'll they'll, they'll they, if you say no, then it means no. But why put yourself in that position? If you want to have your pictures taken, there's plenty of these awesome photographers that you can find an event they're going to. If they messaged you, it's like, oh, I'm going to such and such event i'll meet you there maybe i'll talk to some of your other models you know maybe i'll talk to people who you've actually done this with before and see your work um oh you got a massage great i'll go to the massage group and we can meet some of the people that you've done that you've worked on before so i would be very cautious about responding to any of those types of inquiries from messages alone you want to involve them you want to get involved with someone like that through community in person and we're going to talk about the local scene soon um so but to 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 cap off navigating fet life um some tips on creating a profile right so we've talked about like type of messages and communication you'll get the spectrum of profile types that you'll encounter what about your profile right Um, baby girl, you have, you brought up a note. I added this because you said face pics.
1: Oh yeah. Just, um, being, being a woman, um, and you know, it, it, this is totally up to you, make your own choice, but just think about, um, think about how much of your true identity you want to reveal. Um, for me personally, because, you know, I, I'm a very senior executive at a company and I have a professional life and I'm also married and I have, you know, kids and all these other aspects to who I am. I feel more comfortable keeping um, my life profile separate. And that doesn't mean that it's not authentic. I think it's still a very mm-hmm. authentic representation of who I am. But I choose not to use my real name. Uh, I choose not to you know, put forth information that would necessarily reveal like specifically where I live or specific things about me. And I choose not to put face pics on there. Um, And that's just my choice. That's where I feel comfortable. So just Mm -hmm. think about, think about where, where you feel comfortable. um, And maybe just think about it before you start, start putting all that stuff out there, because in the world of the internet, once it's out there, it's pretty hard to, to claw it back.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, a friend once told me um, in tech that once you put something on a computer, it's out, it's there forever. Just if you have that mindset, um, you know, you'll keep yourself safe. I did put face pics out there when I started because I wanted to appear as myself. I wanted to be genuine. You know, I wanted to create that safe place for people to engage with me. And I didn't want to want people to feel like I was hiding because I wasn't. So I didn't want to give them that feel. So I put myself, hey, this is me and on my profile I put information that reveals who I am at least my kink identity at least my identity in the community you know um, who you are what you're looking for you know to the listener who wrote in it's like hey you know um, I'm new and I have no idea um, you know what's in store for me I just started my journey but these are the things that kind of interest me and these are the kinds of people I'm looking to meet and the kinds of events that I'm looking to go to I mean I find a lot, there's a lot of profiles out there like that, but you know, that's pretty like basic and everybody on FetLife is looking for community and looking to, they're there for different reasons, right? But for the most part, a lot of people on on FetLife are looking to experience the community. They're looking to learn more about themselves and who they are. So I think it's important to reveal who you are and what your kink identity is and who you are in the community and what you're looking for in the community it's also useful to list hard limits, you know?
1: Yeah, well that's one of the great things about about FetLife, right? Is that there's this huge list of kinks you can choose from and you can list all the kinks that are interesting to you, that you like, and you can also put your hard and soft limits on there. And, um, you know, it's interesting. We, Daddy and I kind of had a conversation about this when we were talking about this topic and, and you were saying, it can be you know it can be kind of a turnoff you will you will run across profiles on FET and um, I think usually they're women's profiles because and you can just tell these poor women are so tired of being of assholes and so their whole profile is like a list of don'ts like don't do this I don't want that I'm not interested in this if you're looking for x pretty much just
0: fuck off and if you can handle me telling you to fuck off then maybe we can talk
1: yeah and, and like and and that, yeah, so you'll run into that sometimes, and it's it's probably not helpful because, like, gosh, like we've talked about this. Like the the guys who are assholes, they don't read your profile before they reach out to you, anyway, so yep. they're not even going to read it. Um, so, I, but I do think I do think what's useful is the hard limits because um, you can you can put in there if there are things that are just a hundred percent not on the table for you you can put them on your hard limits list. And like for me, um, when I was dating, I wanted people to know that like condoms are a must. I was absolutely not interested in having sex without a condom. So I put cream pies on my hard limits list. I put breeding on my hard limits list. You know, things that would indicate that you do not want to use a condom on my hard limits list. And I would say, It's true that not all people are gonna bother to look at that a lot of guys probably won't bother to look at that however another interesting trick is if someone reaches out to you and then you click on their profile and you go look at their profile look at what groups they're in yeah because like if all their groups are all about cream pies and breeding then like you might already know that, like, based on the fact that you want to use condoms, that person is probably not going to be a match for you. Now, that's not not for sure because, you know, there's a big difference between fantasy and real life. Maybe right. that guy is 100% happy to wear a condom and he just wants to talk about breeding you while you guys are having sex. He just wants, like, his kink is, it doesn't actually have to be bareback, you know. Like, that. that is 100% a respectful, you know, way of going out there and you might find a guy who, like that's how that kink works for him and that's great but just it's just like one more thing to check
0: you know I see the hard limits is an opportunity for conversation because you can't put your hard limits out there and go on a date or meet at a munch and go on a date with somebody after vetting them and be like oh okay well he knows all my hard limits because they're on my profile and I know he read my profile because (laughs) he's talked about it so I don't have to worry about it he's not he's not going to try to Fuck me without a condom. Uh, No, every every one of those hard limits is an opportunity for a conversation as you embark upon getting to know this person in person or, you know, through messaging. So that's a very good point. Well,
1: I would say hard limits are an opportunity for if you are the person who wrote the hard limit, you should absolutely not assume that it has been read. You should absolutely take that opportunity to then also reiterate it in person. Yeah but I would not want anyone to misconstrue what you just said and think that hard limits are a starting point for a negotiation. Hard limits oh, are, absolutely that's, not. they're not a starting point for conversation in that sense. Hard limits no. are hard limits.
0: No, but it, it's correct, correct. It's not enough to assume that they've read them, therefore it's absolute, but it is also not an opportunity to use somebody's hard limits as a chance to negotiate them, to break them. Right. It's like, oh, I see you don't like anal. Uh, well, you haven't tried it with me. <sighs> God. Yeah. If I
1: had a dollar for every time I've heard that. <laughs>
0: yeah, but that's that's ubiquitous. That's 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 <sighs> everywhere. It's not it's not just vet life. That's swinging. That's everywhere.
1: So, anyway, yeah. Like that is I do think that that's a feature of a profile like kink listing what your kinks are, what you are interested in, listing what your limits are, what what you're not interested in. It can be helpful.
0: As a matter of fact, the listener, Nikki, wrote in what you wrote to me would be uh, has some great content for your profile because it does represent you. It's just like, ah, what do I do? You know, I'm new here. And these are the kinds of things that I'm interested in. This is what I got excited about. And, you know, I'm looking to meet my people. And, you know, then you just go back and edit it as your journey starts. Uh, I went. I must have edited my profile after every single munch I went to. I felt myself evolving rapidly. And then after I met Baby Girl, I was uh, I was uh, sending her updates on my profile every two months. You know, um, because you're going to evolve rapidly. So keep your profile uh, evolving rapidly with you, and just let your journey be out there, and and uh, it'll help you to what um, deconstruct deconstruct it along the way and get to know. Um, get to know yourself better and, and have conversations with yourself about how things are developing for you. It's always good to ask questions along the way. And it's good to remember that, you know, I see a lot of profiles. I wanted to mention, I, I do see a lot of profiles, um, as, you know, in my searches of, of frustrated women who are just sick of it and they're fed up with it. But you know what? It's, I get it. And, and I'm, I guess I can say, hopefully, I'm not an asshole. So I, I, I get it, but when I come across a profile like that, it kind of does two things. It makes me feel sad, it makes me feel mad that they have to be that way and experience that. And then it also turns me off because it's, what, it, what it says to me is that this person is just, they're here that they don't wanna be and they're closing themselves off. And I know that that's not true. I know that they're just tired and fed up and aggravated but they're also not putting their best self out into the world, and assholes aren't going to respect all of that do's and don'ts, and don't do this and don't do that, and fuck you if you're this, and if you do this to me, then I'm just going to fucking do that back to you, and you know, I'm not going to reply to your friend request, so don't bother to send one. Do you really think that's going to stop them? No, it's not. So. My advice is save yourself some anxiety, save yourself a heap of negativity, and just put your best self out there and interact with people who appreciate that. Interact with a genuine potential partner that's going to appreciate and know your limits. They're going to show that they know your limits. They're going to show that they understand your wants, and they're going to show that they respect your needs and maybe even have them in common. And those are the kinds of things, Nikki, that you know, will help you to find the, find, make the connection that you're looking for. Someone, if you put yourself out there and somebody shows that they're reflecting that back to you, or they appreciate that and reflect back something to you that makes you curious in return, that's how you're going to, um, how did you put it? Um, know who is real if you know what to look for. So look for people who reflect back to you, your wants, needs, and interests in a way that makes you curious about knowing them more, not defensive. If someone reflects your needs, wants, and interests in a way that makes you defensive, like, hey, I'd, love, I'd like to rip those off with my teeth, and that kind of makes you go, ew, well, you've got your answer.
1: <laughs> yeah as one of my uh, favorite relationship podcasters Dan Savage always says hang out your shingle yeah yeah just put it out there you got it you got to put it out there so you can uh, so you can see who comes knocking
0: yeah it's kind of I said in my last episode how when I fell back on my you know fell back on, in the swinger scene and fell into my own sense of identity as to who I was and what I wanted. I was learning it was either a fuck yes or a no thanks. And you know, you don't have, a, have to have to have a wall of no's and fuck yous and middle fingers and goes away and I go aways and I hate all of you, so don't even bother messaging me. You don't need to be that. Just be yourself. And you're gonna get you're gonna get contact coming towards you, either on Fet Life or in person. And in your heart, you're gonna hear a fuck yes. Let's move on to the next step of conversation here. Or you're gonna hear a no thank you and honor that within yourself and then act on it because that's all you really need to do. You don't need to close yourself off from the world because the assholes aren't going to give two shits about that anyway. And you're just going to make it worse because then you're going to be aggravated. Like I said, no, I already said no. And you're still coming at me. Oh, makes me so mad. Well, why bother when you can just say, no, thanks. You're you're not what I'm looking for. Um, okay, great. So the next step uh, in the conversation is to talk about getting into the local scene. Well, Daddy and Baby Girl had so much to say about navigating the bunny hole of fet life. we decided to split this episode into two. So stay tuned for part two of Navigating fet life with Daddy and Baby Girl. Don't forget this episode was also suggested by one of our listeners, and you too can suggest an episode. If there's something you want to hear from Daddy or Baby Girl, if you have some questions for us that you'd like us to talk about, please write us at daddy-af underscore at comcast.net. Thanks for listening. More coming soon on Daddy as Fuck.